Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we pick a movie from your childhood, rewatch it and then have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade and welcome back. Watched it so many times before and now you're gonna watch it again But it's been so many years since you last saw it and now you show it to your friends and they're like What? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And I'm joined today by Carla. Hello. Hello. Carla has chosen Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead, which is a 1991 movie. The IMDb breakdown says, five siblings are left alone all summer when their mum leaves town and the evil babysitter bites the dust. What's your relationship with this movie? Well, this is a movie from my childhood that I remember, it, I wasn't bought it or anything by my parents but um, I'm, I'm older, probably one of your <laughs> oldest guests that you've had on, I well, imagine 31, right old age of 31 <laughs> and um, back in those days people used to basically film movies from TV onto like blank cassettes <laughs> and my friend excuse you, I remember that you happening. remember that yeah. <laughs> um, and my friend gave me one that had loads of different films on it, and that's where I discovered it from one of these films. Oh, amazing! And then me and my little brother like used to just like sit in my room and watch this all the time. We had a few films that we watched a lot. This, My Fair Lady. Oh. Um, what was the other one? Like Terminator and things like that. Oh, but wow. This was one of the kids' ones that, for some reason, we got really obsessed with it, and yeah. we just used to watch it all the time. So. This I hadn't seen it for about fifteen years wow. before I rewatched it the other day. But it always reminds me of him, this film, and yeah. those times together. So oh, that's really sweet. I was, I mean, I've never seen this movie before. I'd, I'd sort of heard of it as like one of the cult ones. There's a lot of movies with babysitter in the title right. that are like cult movies. Um, but I'd never seen it advertised. I had no idea what it was about. And I was shook at because knowing Carla, you're like a chaotic, neutral anarchist. Yeah. And you give me this movie called Don't Tell Mum the Babysitter's Dead, which has this dead woman on the front cover. Um, I was like, this is going to be about a bunch of kids wreaking fucking havoc <laughs> and like going to fucking town on this house. And it's going to be such a stressful watch. <laughs> fucking responsibility yeah. it's about financial like understanding it's about like grow it's a coming of age yeah, movie totally. in such a big way I honestly thought I was going to have to watch kids like tear wallpaper off the wall and chew it up for like two hours but I watched a really mature incredible kind of inspiring really fun movie right good I'm glad you enjoyed it I've been so excited to know what you thought of yeah. it yeah uh, because we saw each other a few days ago mm. and it was like torture not being able to talk about <laughs> yeah. it and also I've never met anyone that's seen this movie apart from my brother yeah. like I don't know why because the cast's quite good it's yeah and it's, it's quite a good film it is a really I, I mean good film. watching it the other day I really felt it held up it was better yeah. than I thought it was going to be actually 100% like and that's really interesting because you obviously watched it as a child so mm. 
And then I've come to it for the first time, and honestly, it was a funny, solid movie. Like, it yeah. genuinely was. The only thing I say that wouldn't didn't hold up was the outfits at the end that were a bit 90s oh and ghastly. Oh, my God, yeah, I forgot about that bit. <laughs> and then I was like, what the hell is going on with these outfits? And these were supposed to be, like, school uniforms. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, before the Me Too movement, some of those outfits. But awful. The, the, like, like, like knockoff share from Clueless, like yeah, just gaudy and nasty. Ugh. Yeah, really naff, <laughs> really, really tacky, awful outfits. So yeah, that didn't yeah. hold up so well. Um, yeah. So, so basically, this mum has like what? How like four, five, four, five children? Yeah, it's five kids, isn't it? Five yeah. kids, um, all with their unique personality. Yeah. Um, and. She says this wonderful line. She's going on holiday to Australia with her boyfriend um, because she's had a rough 37 years, yeah. <laughs> which is brilliant. Um, and, yeah, um, so she she goes off and the kids think Christina Applegate in her first feature role yeah. um, is playing the sort of... Uh, oldest sibling. Yeah. And then she's got the the next one down from her is like a stoner brother. Yeah. And then there's the like young romantic brother, the tomboy girl, and then is there a like yeah? A baby and then is it well? yeah? Who's he's kind of like a uh, Mike TV from um, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate oh, Factory, yeah. and he's just obsessed with obsessed television. With t- but it's educational television. He's not yeah. watching like car wrecks or anything. He's no, watching like quiz like, shows. Yeah, game shows and like yeah. cookery shows. How to bake. Chocolate so gattos and things like really that. Really smart kids. Um, so the mum leaves and Christina Applegate thinks she's got the house to herself and it's going to be a really fun summer. And then, of course, the babysitter turns up, who's this lovely old lady who, like, can't walk properly. Um, and then, of course, the minute the door slams behind the mother, this woman turns into, like, Hitler babysitter. She brings out a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really funny. And she, like, she goes through... And I read that originally... Um, it was meant to be sort of a murder mystery where you weren't sure if one of the kids had killed the oh, babysitter. Really? And they sort of still kept that in with establishing the babysitter does something to each child to, like, fuck them up. Yeah. She, like, makes the boy dump his girlfriend. She... She um, puts Melissa, the, in a, oh, who's the baseball girl, yeah. in, like, a pink dress. A pink dress with bows. Um, and I did write down, she makes... Um, the Mike TV one, she like turns the TV off and gives him like a massive encyclopedia and she's like, I want a report on the artwork. On the artwork. On the And I did put in my notes and I was like, that does sound kind of fun. I'm not going to Yeah. <laughs> no, none of her, and to be fair uh, to the babysitter, she's got five, because the mother's leaving for two months. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's Imagine leaving your what kids. like, for two months right. over summer and then this babysitter that's that old turns up and you're just like bye yeah. and a, chucks a packet of money at yeah. her <laughs> has like literally a two minute conversation and then fucks off and like her, it's like supposed to be like the late 80s or early 90s you expect the boyfriend to turn up in some like beautiful sports car yeah. and she gets on this shitty shuttle bus thing yeah. it's like what the fuck is going on here and then there's that really there's a really funny bit with Kenny the stoner and his friends like dude isn't your mom like going away for like two months and he's like oh yeah bye mom <laughs> um yeah so 
I mean, I can see why she wants to go away for two oh, months and, and leave them. And then the father seems to be out of the picture. Completely out of the picture. They, they do make reference to him in a way that's like, don't bother he talking to Dad. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't give a shit. Give a shit. The house is a fucking tip. Yeah. And I honestly spent the entire movie like, I can't wait for the inevitable <laughs> cleanup house. The, the inevitable house makeover. I know it's coming. I don't know in what context, but someone at some point is going to have to clean this house. This is the Chekhov gun of yeah, like yeah, cleaning. Totally. And like, I was so excited. I love a good cleanup scene. And I yeah, know. And I was just like, any minute now, someone's going to have someone's to clean gonna the house. Clean. Someone's going to clean. Someone's going to clean. And it's like disgusting. Yeah. Um, and they did a good job of oh. making it feel quite stressful to watch the scenes in the kitchen because yeah. it looks such a mess and so shitty. And yet your your eyes are still drawn to what's important. Like if yeah. the tabletops are full of junk, but you can always see the like cash register where the little boy keeps stealing, stealing money. Stealing money from, yeah. Um, so Christina Applegate... Uh, oh, shit, sorry. So the, the babysitter fucks everyone off and then the next morning, she's dead. Yeah. What are, what are they going to do? And they started, like, trying to sort it out themselves. And I was like, what? I was literally shouting at the TV. I was like, don't fucking put that woman in a dumpster. Like, oh, my God. You have, like, you, oh, God. Thinking that we were going to suddenly cut to shallow grave and they were yeah. going to have to pick straws out to chop her into pieces. But, no, it's actually quite sensible. They put her in a trunk. Although, I must say, they are rather unconcerned <laughs> yeah. for, like, quite young I mean can you imagine if like someone had just died in your house dead body is scary and they had to move it yeah they actually moved it like oh it's nasty yeah but cold and they're pretty (laughs) untraumatised by it and they're like right we'll just sort this out ourselves basically because they don't want their mother to come back literally they were like we can't tell mum because like she needs that break and we need a break from yeah. mom so yeah we'll just, we can have a free summer we'll just chuck her in the trunk and leave her outside the morgue <laughs> with a fucking post-it note on it saying lovely old lady inside please look after which was hilarious mm. and then these two coroners come out and they're like what the fuck is this um and it's very very clever and then you genuinely forget about the babysitter For yeah you do the title it suddenly yeah. becomes about christina applegate growing up yeah because she gets a job in a like a shitty fast food place yeah like clown a, dog ugh. oh it looks nasty with the guy from Kimmy Schmidt I do you watch Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt, Schmidt. is so this the guy Josh Charles Josh Charles Charles yeah I've seen him in other really stuff though hot. <laughs> he's like he's cute isn't he he's, yeah he's like the perfect 90s boyfriend he's <laughs> He's yeah. like really sweet and funny and down to earth and clearly okay yeah, with himself as a person. Yeah, he would not be cast now. Yeah. People He's not like that. There's a certain look. Yeah, well, in Kimmy Schmidt, he plays the like douchebag. Right. Like in charge of this big corporation, massive capitalist, cheats on his wife because of the face he's got. Mm. But in this, it's like... He's not quite bad boy. He's not quite stoner. He's, he's, he's like, sweet, non-threatening. He's just a decent... That's sort of like... Um, Breakfast Club, uh... Um, Estevez. Yeah. Yeah, him, the jock. The yeah, jock guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of, um... Who's the director of Breakfast Club? John Hughes. Hughes. <laughs> that was painful. I just keep saying something. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Estevez. Hughes. 
Um, I mean, yeah, this like, reminds me a bit of a John Hughes. It's not yeah, quite it's, as good, but it reminds me a bit. It's got it's a flavour. Yeah, it's, it is. It's got a flavour of the John Hughes vibe. I think it's a bit less twee mm. than John Hughes, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, not to say that this movie is particularly dark. It just, it's set... Do you know what it is? It's set in the adult realm, and the adults are on your side. Mm. A lot of the time, whereas in most kids' movies, especially coming-of-age movies, you're not allowed to be friends with your parents, you're not allowed to, like, have supportive adult figures, unless yeah. they're, like, a weirdo from the outside, like the janitor. Yeah. Whereas here, and I kept expecting it to happen, so she, she fucks off out of the food, fast food joint, because obviously, um, and tries to apply for this receptionist job after lying on her CV. Yeah. Um, and she goes in to this big workplace... <laughs> like fashion it's into fashion yeah I think like, she's decided yeah. I like fashion yeah because there's the bit that you see at the start where she's annoyed that she can't go to Europe with yes. her friends and it's as if it's as if she's kind of part of a, more of a mainstream popular girl crew probably yeah, definitely and then her brother sort of represents the more alternative um, outsider stoner yeah. heavy metal thing so I think so that kind of there's a there's a recurrence of that where she then tries to get into the fashion industry. Yeah. And like it was the first time I'd ever paused the boss looking down on her C V and just some of the lies she put on her <laughs> yeah. C V were like ridiculous, like three years at Barney's, two years at Bloomingdale's, like assistant at Calvin Klein, just Literally. like ridiculous. And I love that no one questions it. Well some people do, but they're the villains of the mm, piece. Yeah. The good guys are just like do you want to come work for me instead be my personal assistant um, and the woman that she gets the job under is Dolores from Who Framed Roger Rabbit oh is she I yeah. haven't seen that one for ages no, that's a good, a good one, one. Um, and she's lovely loveliest boss ever and literally and I kept waiting for her to like turn on her or like suddenly like have a go at her mm. and it never happens she just remains this lovely supportive um person and it's so wholesome <laughs> this woman's just really fucking nice really and nice it you just feel so much safer about the whole thing because christina applegate is having a time of it throughout yeah. this movie and this woman is always there for her and like she, even when the truth comes out, she still just believes her. I know, even when she, even when she discovers, like Sue Ellen gets away with fucking everything. Yeah, she just like lands on her feet. So her boss finds out that she's been giving her work to someone else because obviously she doesn't know she doesn't what the fuck she's doing. Clue. She's seventeen. Uh, and she's been giving her work, manipulated some poor girl at work who didn't get the job, who yeah. applied for it, called Kathy, but who's really nice, mm-hmm. to, to sort of do her work. And um, she gets, yeah, she, that gets revealed. But the boss is just like, oh my God, Great. your delegation skills are <laughs> second to none, Sue Ellen. <laughs> And it's like, got away with that one. Yeah, literally. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, they're setting it up so this poor woman can then become the new sort of PA once yeah. she gets found out. That's never really established. That's never really... No. This woman is just sort of used and abused. I know. There should have been a bit. That's one criticism. There should have been, been a bit where something, you see something good yeah. happen. Yeah, because I was just expecting, there's a lot of planting of it, like, oh, I applied yeah. for it, I apparently wasn't good enough, but then she sort of proved 
throughout the course of the movie that she is good enough for the role because she's been doing Suellen's work for her. Yeah. And so I was just expecting at the end Suellen to be like, give give like Marie the job by yeah. the way. But that maybe it was just cut for time. Yeah, it could have been. But in my head, that it's, woman it now felt, has yeah. her job. So. And it felt like that's what where she, it was going. Yeah, and as well, she comes in really poorly one day as well. There's the <laughs> yeah. bit where she comes in in like pajamas but still earrings on and she's yeah. like <laughs> QED report for Suellen. It's super important. <laughs> Her voice, who is she? She's um, Kimmy Robertson. Apparently, she does a lot of cartoons. Yeah, I bet she would with her voice. Um, Brilliant voice. Yeah, really there are a lot of good voices voice. uh, in this movie. Oh, yeah, she's the feather duster in Beauty and the Beast, so that's cool. Is she, what, the original Beauty and the yeah, Beast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my Beauty and the Beast. That's mm-hmm. my favourite Disney. One. Yeah. It was mine until The Princess and the Frog. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, you've got to. I have to watch that's that one then. Um, and, yeah, so she starts work at this company and she realises that she's going to be on an actual, like, salary. Yeah. So she comes home and she's like, right, I'm working... So you look after the kids, stoner brother, and sort the house out. And of course he doesn't. No, because he's stoned the whole time. It is very stressful that she comes home and she's like, why haven't you mowed the lawn? And like, you start, it's very clever, you start feeding in all the stuff that the mum wanted them to do. They start putting on Sue Ellen and even though it's not really pointed out, you're very much like, I see what you're doing. Yeah, like, exactly. She's learning how difficult it is to be an adult, and, like, that's really cute. Um, and it goes on for ages. She brings home the petty cash from the office just to, like, pay for food, because none of them yeah, are, Yeah, like, she's waiting for... Well, me. there's a really silly bit where they're having that conversation at Chuck E. Cheese about how she's waiting for a paycheck, and they've got no money... And they come out and they go, we've got no money. And it's like, why did you go and eat out? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. you fucking dicks. And then their fucking car gets stolen. That's a really weird bit that I don't really get where their car gets stolen by these drag queens. But, yeah. like, why is my... Yeah, that's what... Because obviously I didn't really... When I was a kid, you don't yeah, think, you about, think about There were loads of stuff that I picked up. And this... It does sense. This, um, this second time that I hadn't noticed yeah. properly before. And that was... Because I think I was, as a child, just accepted and didn't question it. But it's like, is the movie making a comment? Like, what's the comment? And I yeah. thought, what is that bit about? It's funny. Or is it just because it's funny, the absurdity yeah. of drag queens stealing your car? Literally, I honestly don't know. Like, unless there was some, like, hidden agenda where... But it is painted as, like, funny. yeah. I can um, see why it is funny, but then there was also something... Is it making a com- Like, yeah, is it making a comment or... Yeah. I don't know. Because they're dressed as, like, Marilyn Monroe, Liza Minnelli, and, like... Yeah. Barbara Streisand or something. And they just hijack the car. And yeah. they're like, our car! But it wasn't their car. It's, it's almost the like two car. movies have met. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. wait, what's this movie? <laughs> that movie's going off on a different yeah, road somewhere trip. somewhere <laughs> else. And that's kind of in the middle of that one. And that's in the middle. And they've sort of crossed over yeah. for a second. But I really want to know what happens in that <laughs> one. So it's true. Oh, my God. Uh, so she gets... Is it Brian? Brian to come pick them up. And yeah, like, Brian from Clown Embarrassing Dog. mobile... Um, so Brian is the brother of the original receptionist that 
Caroline, Llewellyn. I think that's her name, Caroline. Yes, Caroline. She's um, the her opening scene's so amazing where she's like, You she's just being such a bitch to Sue Ellen. And she's like, You have come to reception. You were supposed to go to personnel. There's a big sign saying personnel. So fucking good. It's so mean. Immediately you're like, fuck you. You're like, fuck you, you fucking bitch. This is why Rose didn't hire you, you absolute bastard. So so she stays in her normal receptionist job and Suellen gets the one that she was that she was gonna go for, uh, working under Rose. So then she's like got it in for yeah, and you're right in that she just completely lands on her feet because every time she gets close to figuring out the truth (laughs) she does so many times she's like what did she do like she must have lied on her resume and everyone's like no that can't possibly have happened and this woman's like she clearly did like what the hell and then she's like she's stolen all the petty cash look we've found it we've opened it up and the other guy's like, oh no, it's... No, look, they've it's, got receipts. It's all receipts, it's, it's, it's all yeah, legit. It's all legit, yeah. You're like, for fuck's sake. So yeah, the other random character that like is her like cohort in this like Her villainy. boyfriend, yeah. Oh, is it her boyfriend? Yeah, who also ah. works. Yeah, who Who's also, also got it in for Sue Ellen because they have some interaction right at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, she's being a bitch to him. Yeah, yeah she's being, <laughs> so she's like, run along upstairs and do this and do, and she's not being pushed around, which yeah. is quite cool. So it's pretty cool. He doesn't like her. So that's David Duchovny from X-Files. Yeah. Pre-X-Files as yeah. well. So it was really f- weird seeing him in this it, movie. Yeah, and I remember that being weird as a kid because I used to watch X-Files yeah. and I found it so terrifying. And it was one of those <laughs> things where you see a really familiar actor in something else that's just nothing like that. Yeah. And you're like, wow. They can do anything. Imagine (laughs) I could do that one day. (laughs) Maybe I should go to drama school. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 15 grand later. (laughs) Um, And Caroline is is the sister of Brian, which Mm. is a really cool little... Link. Link, yeah. Yeah, That helps tie the whole thing up. Yeah, it's clever. It's nice. Because I honestly expected to never see that receptionist again. But then, of course, yeah. she becomes, like, a main character. And I was like, mm. oh, this is what a good movie does. It introduces <laughs> characters and stays with them. Um, so she keeps coming home. And she the house just gets messier and messier. And the kids aren't, like, eating properly. And the stoner brother is just refusing to do anything. And then the little brother climbs up onto the roof to sort of yeah, satellite out. Yeah, but he's getting, Kenny's getting stoned with all of his friends and he's become obsessed, he's become obsessed with making waffles. He's watching yeah. some kind of a cookery show when he's stoned with his little brother and he becomes obsessed with making waffles, <laughs> yeah. so that's all they're doing that summer is like getting stoned and making waffles. And the little boy goes to fix the TV. And obviously falls off the roof because he's like seven. Yeah. And thank God he only breaks his leg, um, which leads to a really funny, cute scene in the office where she, there's a phone call for Sue Ellen, and yeah. it's like, what, my my son's in hospital, I've got to go. And she's like, I didn't know you were married. I'm not, I'm divorced. I, I hate talking about yeah, it. Bye. Like, oh, you got to go. <laughs> um, because, of course, Rose has this on-off boyfriend who also works for the Gus. company. Yeah, sleazy Gus. Who is... Also trying to come on to Sue Ellen because she's 17 and hot. And he, I think I wrote a note about it. I was like, this fucking dude is like playing it perfectly. Like the actor 
is yes, playing so good perfectly. That that horror, like it's still quite goofy to get away with on a kids movie, mm. but it's that really horrible like. Uh, yeah, we could just have uh, sex right now if you want. Which is, again, it's in a kid's movie. And like, I'm watching it as an adult and I didn't think anything of it. But just saying that line just then, I'm suddenly like, yeah. fuck me. If I was watching this at seven, I wouldn't have a fucking clue what he was talking about. And it's really creepy that he's coming on to a 17-year-old and asking her to have sex with him. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, we could uh, we could have sex right now if you want. Uh, and then she's like, oh my god, leave me alone. And he's like, oh, I, was, I was only joking. Like, yeah. it wasn't real, just, just a joke. And you're like, actually go throw yourself under an oncoming car. Like, yeah. oh my god, you are the worst kind of person. Like, And unfortunately, uh, Rose is so in love with oh, this guy. Besotted. And I was really worried that they were setting up this woman-hating woman subplot where Gus is going mm. to Sue Ellen, Sue Ellen's trying to hide it behind Rose, and then they're going to find out and have a tiff. But when it does all come out, Sue Ellen's like, Gus has been sexually harassing me for the past two months. Um, those tickets and flowers were meant to be for me. Um, sorry, Rose. And Rose is like, what the fuck, Gus? Yeah. Fuck you, Gus. And even after he's like, there, see, she's a 17-year-old. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's like, go fuck yourself, Gus. Yeah. He, and I'm like, woo, women supporting he's, women. He's like, he's like, oh, well, you've just found out she's 17. Are you going to believe a 17-year-old? And she's like, yeah, I am actually. Yeah. And it's like. It was so good. And this is what Quite I was good so for happy. 91, isn't it? So good for 91. This is the thing. I just, I come to all these older movies with such awfully low expectations with what the characters are going to be like. Mm. Um, and actually, they're, they're, they're really well-rounded humans. Rose is consistently lovely. Yeah. She doesn't randomly hate Sue Ellen because of a man. She hates the man because the man's been exposed to be a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. And that's... I shouldn't, I shouldn't be this excited about that. But that, it's clearly how rare that happens. It's usually <laughs> the lazy writing is that, like... <laughs> The women hate on the women over yeah, the woman. Yeah, the woman will have a cat fight now yeah. and we're all supposed to laugh and it's absolutely hilarious. And I think as what, what was quite interesting watching it again was even something that was very small that we talked about earlier where Melissa, who's a tomboy in inverted mm-hmm. commas, because you know she likes baseball, she <laughs> likes a sport, so she has to be masculinised. But she that she's put in a dress and that she doesn't... So that's almost touching on gender fluidity and these types yeah. of things. Um, even back, her family like, obviously accept 100%. the way she is. And then when the babysitter comes in, it's, no, we have to feminise you. Because the babysitter's so old. Like, the babysitter literally yeah. is meant to be, like, 100 yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, like, she probably fought in the war. And... I think that adds to the commentary where it's like, look, the old-fashioned ideal was that gender is very solid. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. The the family just completely accepts this girl for who she is, and it's like you want to, you just do you, what, and whatever that may mean, as long as you empty the dishwasher. Yeah. Can you support her at baseball yeah. and, and everything? So. Yeah, there are really sweet parts with the siblings that that are like that, that with things that obviously, as a child, you couldn't really notice. You take everything very much at face value. You don't appreciate it until you've grown up and then you and your own siblings have, like, come through the other end of your relationship. And you both realise you have 
they're the only person that grew up in the same family environment as you and therefore you'll always have that in common regardless of what else you don't have in common. Yeah, because um, no one else can ever understand apart from your sibling exactly. what it was like growing up. Yeah. And all your, the weird sort of family habits that you have. Yeah, like. 100%. And it's, it's, it's really sweet and yet something you do not appreciate at all as a kid. Mm. Um, and that's what these kids are doing as well in this movie. They're realising the importance of each other and the family and support. Um, and it manages yeah. to never get saccharine with it, which is what no, I like about so this film. You've got a lot of piss-taking and that kind of like, oh, get the fuck out of my room kind of thing. Yeah. And shut the fuck up and turn the music down and like... Um, that sort of thing and then you get the supportive so the supportive parts of it never feel forced they never feel yeah. saccharine they never make you feel ill yeah they never like here's the message of the movie yeah it's not really like, it, it it's manages like, to still have a kind of punky tone it's so true somehow throughout it and I think it's literally just because these characters as as much as somebody sat down and was like right we need the tomboy we need the fashion we need the stoner and mm. we need the spare um, they are fully rounded characters and they are human and because of that we support them in everything that they do and everything makes sense and everything like has a journey yeah. that we're willing to follow them on I did read that the young boy... Yeah, every time I do these podcasts, I'm always like, and then I googled that person, and they're not alive anymore. Oh, is it the romance boy? Yeah, so Zach the young romance boy. Zach the romance boy. Um, Christopher Pettit died in 2000, age 24. Oh, no. And I don't know how old he was in this movie, but he apparently had a drug problem. And bearing in mind he's like 12... Maybe younger in this movie. Yeah, about 10, 11, yeah. And he was just one of those child, child actors that just yeah. that suffered under the system. Mm. Like Drew Barrymore was yeah. an alcoholic at six. Um, and, and yeah, he, he eventually died of an overdose, I believe. Um, oh. Which is really sad. And I just always come across these facts and then I can't separate them from the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm always like, oh, there's always an immortalised performance because... Yeah. They then died horribly and tragically in the Hollywood system. Um, and I think it's important to remember these things because Hollywood's nasty and child actors yeah. need to be... I mean, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have child actors. Yeah, really. it's a bit of a weird job I don't think kids, anyone's come out of it. Even, even the people that have come out of it the best they possibly can, like Mara Wilson... Um, who got herself is she, is she the uh, Mrs. Doubtfire one? Yeah. She, was she the one she was like in everything? Yeah. When I was a kid, she was in everything. Literally everything. But she's, she's a playwright wonderful. Now or something, She's a playwright. She, yeah. she put herself through university. Yeah. She writes a lot of articles. She's a bit of a journalist. She's, she, she guest stars in a bunch of like video essays that I watch on YouTube. Oh, wow. I follow her on Twitter. She's incredibly articulate, so intelligent, so lovely. But even she's like, I have issues from when I was a child actor and I mean again she lost her mother during the filming of Matilda which couldn't like no way yeah and she just continued to work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god and she's she's written a really interesting article about how she thinks why a lot of child actors go off the rails yeah and it's because like 
parental control gets less and less and the studio gets more and more. Starts to take over. So then they're allowed unlimited money, time, freedom, which a child shouldn't have, whereas she was kept very grounded. She still had to share a room with her sister. She still had to, like, go to school and stuff like that. So it was never... It never went to her head. All of her money was put away, Mm. um, which got her through university. Um, And and it was, like, a hobby for her. Her parents insisted on keeping it at that hobby level. Than this in movies and all of this shit. And she seems to have come out the other end actually quite okay because of it. And sounds like an actually interesting person, whereas some of them do come out of the end, but they're, you know, they're wankers and they're notorious because they've been running around Hollywood their entire lives. They were never allowed to sort of realise who they were Mm. and make decisions for themselves and, and suffer consequences that made them grow as people. So they're not actually people. Yeah. Now, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really was annoyed that I was never allowed to play cassette at the age of eight on the West End in Les Miserables. <laughs> but actually, now in retrospect, I'm like, I got to have same as I was like, I'm annoyed that I wasn't picked to play Hermione Granger because I looked perfect when I was ten. Um, oh, you've really, been good. You would have been. <laughs> We're gonna lie. At the buck teeth and everything. I'm like, you would have been such a good Hermione Granger. My hair Granger. was the like perfect bushy, like curly. Did you audition? No no, 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 no. I wouldn't have even have known how to have gone about that. Right. And my parents would not have let me have been a child actor. Which at the time I was like, fuck you. And now I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> I'm so cool now, and like, I'm who I want to be, and I've made choices, and I've grown and I haven't grown up on a set like Mm. Emma Watson is probably I mean I don't know her she seems incredibly lovely and obviously she's so smart but she did spend her entire childhood on a film set Mm. her entire childhood that's something you're never going to get back no and the pressure pressure of that especially a movie like that it's not just some kind of small movie the entire world knows who you are Mm. you will never be Left, you can't just pop to Nando's mm. for a like fucking sunset burger. And I think these days it's so much worse compared to say back then in 1991 or 1990 because there weren't people hating you and hating your performances on the internet. So back then. yeah, people didn't have as much as a voice. Like the general public didn't have a say or a voice. Yeah, like a, like Hollywood stars were whatever was put in the magazines and yeah and it was magazines and, and it was controllable yeah and it was the late 80s early 90s that the like paparazzi mm. really came as a thing my mum said she remembered it was like princess diana really that started that celebrity yeah. sort of thing where all of a sudden your your cellulite is being highlighted in magazines mm. and what you're wearing is being judged upon when it used to be this ethereal mystical thing where you would just have a couple of facts about um, these actors like they enjoy yeah. sushi and like here's the and perfect go, oh. photo shoot you're like I enjoy sushi and Elizabeth Taylor enjoys sushi oh lovely um, and like something that's really interesting as well like they you never really see bloopers from like old black and white movies no I don't think I've ever seen any they would reuse the film if there was a mistake they would just put the film back in and film over it. Okay. So there was never any available. But some have recently come to light and like it's literally I like old black and white movies of like a Wuthering Heights adaptation or something. Right. And it's these like RP speaking actors like fucking up and it's 
It's really bizarre. It's such a joy. Oh, I to need watch. to watch some of these. That They're, sounds amazing. Like she like falls into this like person's arms and she's like, "Oh, darling, I can't possibly. Will you just fucking put your foot where it needs to be, Harold? Right, let's go again." And like it's just wonderful because you just don't associate that sort of pristine time yeah, with mistakes. Those, with mistakes, no, I know. Um, and you don't, and therefore you don't see these people as human. Whereas now, when you can follow Kim Kardashian on Instagram, mm. uh, or even someone even more real like Evan Rachel Wood, who like is totally down to earth and legit on social media, and you know you're actually talking to her, you feel like you have more yeah. of a relationship, which then probably makes you feel like you have more of a chance to like shit on their performance and like talk to them as if you actually know no, them when things. you don't I think there was you know there was an elegance to those actors back mm. then that there isn't now because of that separation think, yeah. and that separation with the public was quite important don't. and also allowed people to go in and out of different roles yeah without being now when you know too much about an actor there's too much judgement that you have about yeah. Well, should they be cast in this and should they be cast in that? And I think there's one thing I don't like about acting today is you get far too much information about an actor's process before a movie has even come out. Yeah. Like Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, you knew what he was doing and what he was putting himself through and that he was going to win that Academy Award before the films even come out. The Academy's Awards are pieces of shit now that's not to say that I don't want a BAFTA but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like they are stupid like they are just they do, they are kind kind of meaningless and like I remember the day I learned you had to lobby for an Oscar yeah I know I was, quite, like, I was like okay right so what? it's all fucking meaningless then yeah. it's all fucking completely so why, we, why buy, do we care that someone has yeah. an Academy Award then like so I don't care anymore it, like, like how you have to buy your own Hollywood star oh do you? yeah you have to buy yeah. it. Mm. And it's like, oh, I, I thought that but was just given, given to you. Given to you, yes. <laughs> no, you have to buy it. That, yeah, Watch that it. takes away all the kind of prestige and excitement mm. to have these things, to have to, the, the, the whole Oscar campaign, I just find very distasteful. Yeah. I don't know, it didn't, is it quite recent? I feel like it didn't happen in, in quite the same way back no, in the past. And now imagine. it's become this machine. Yeah. Where you have to do a kind of biopic, you know, and there's that kind of yeah. formula. Oscar Bane. Um, I've got a cucumber written here because she. Oh, I wrote that <laughs> down as well. That was that was another thing. As there were a few lines, especially from Rose, that were just like humdingers. <laughs> but that was one that definitely passed Straight me by. Straight over the heads of a yeah, ten-year-old. Yeah. What was it? Every. Every woman, woman over, over the 20, age of 21 should have a should, cucumber in the house. Yeah. And I was like... Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> and there was another one where she says, like, have you ever had a 48-hour orgasm yeah. or something? And it's like... And Suhana's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Get me out of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, so there was some quite edgy bits yeah you know of, and definitely that whole storyline with Gus especially yes. now the oh, whole the boss God. thing trying to like take advice of course he doesn't know that she's 17 yeah but he knows she's young and she's just started at this job and he's yeah. going out with Rose literally like the whole thing is iffy regardless of what's going on he's 
awful. He doesn't really get a comeuppance other than he loses both women. Yeah, I know, he doesn't... But there's not even, like, a... He gets pushed in the pool fully clothed or anything. Like, really, no... Nothing that bad happens to (laughs) But, um, the villains of the piece get their comeuppance where the stoners, like, cover their car (laughs) in shit. In toilet roll (laughs) and everything. Which is great. Um... I've got here, this movie is stressful. I can't see the charming rogue behaviour. And I think that was as the kids were getting more and more stressful and, like, Sue Ellen comes home and they've stolen a bunch, all of the petty cash and bought, like, a diamond ring. Oh, my God, And, like, a like, a huge in... I don't even know what it's called. It's like an entertainment centre. Entertainment system, Yeah. yeah. Where it's, like, VHS, sound system, big TV screen... And, like, Sue Ellen comes home and she's like, where's the money? And they're like, oh, we just bought all this stuff. And I'm like, like, I felt sick. I was like... like, you'd kill them, wouldn't you? Oh, my God. And she actually... Kudos to her because she doesn't kill them. No, I know. I didn't (laughs) think she gets angry enough. No, she doesn't. She gets kind of angry and then she's just like, look, I'm going to go upstairs and have a bath. Just fucking don't do it again. And you're like, don't do it again. He bought a diamond ring. Like, a diamond like a diamond. It's like, why does he even know about diamonds? He's so romantic yeah. for such a small child. Yeah. It's creepy. Like, why do you know about diamonds? But it makes sense that a child would be like, I have a girlfriend, I'll get her a diamond yeah. ring. I've heard about that somewhere, so... But, like, it, and, like, it's so much money, and you're just like, oh, you guys aren't going to be able to eat. Yeah. Like, what and she, she's just basically like, I'm going to have to pay this. I'm going to now have to work for ages and pay this back in instalments. It's just like such a huge... It's well, it's crazy. just the... Pro- I mean, it's made it pointless in effect, her even getting that job. Yeah. It's just like having it's to start again. It's so stressful. Um... And then she finds out she could lose her job anyway. Yeah. Because the, the people don't want the account with their, with their fashion firm. They're making uniforms for, like, waiters and chefs and yeah. school uniforms. And the people don't want them, so the company's going to close down. So Rose starts eating jelly babies from yeah. the, jelly beans from the jar. As, like, Sue Ellen genuinely, like, a stroke of, like... Because if I was 17 and that happened and everything else had been happening, I would just be like... (laughs) (laughs) But she, like, goes down and she starts designing things. Yeah. And she starts, like, being proactive. And then she's, like, super smart. She's like, okay, we... She's like, okay, we're going to hold a gala where we're going to have a fashion show so we can show off these new designs to the account holders and see what they think. Um, Take some money out of petty cash to hire a ballroom. And she's like, no worries, we can have it at my house. And I was it's like, so smart. She kills so two clever. birds with one stone. One, the petty cash thing, so she can pretend that she's paid for everything for the company when yeah. she's not. She's making her friends do it for free. Yeah. And do the gala at the house. Like, so. At 17, she's genuinely yeah. got some skills behind that. Like, genuinely. Um, and then my note here, oh, hell yes, the clean-up scene I've waited one hour and 15 minutes Such for. Such a good payoff. Oh, it's such a good payoff, Carla. Oh, they go to town. Because all, all of a sudden, they're like, make sure you clean the pool. And I'm like, there's a pool? That means yeah. that there's a massive garden as well yeah. as this entire massive house. Oh, 
So not, not only do I get to see them clean the kitchen, I get them to see them clean the bedrooms and the entire house and then the roof and the guttering and the windows and the doors and the porch and then they go out into the garden and there's a huge swimming pool and they're mowing the lawn and they're like building ice sculptures and I know there are ice sculptures. It's so it's good. No, and it's nice as well because it's it's like it's not just the kids. It's like oh, that you see people that you've seen that are Kenny's friends from yeah. his crew. You see some of the girls that are the Sue girls that come back from yeah Europe. from the start. So it's nice. It's like they've got all hands to the pump for and Sue Ellen. Willing to do it. Yeah, and they really want to do cute. it. They're like, come on, let's do it. After refusing to clean up yeah. the entire movie, they're like, right. Let's, Let's get shit together. Do it, and every child is involved somehow doing something. Yeah. They like repaint the house, like it's proper makeover house time. I honestly just sat there with like a massive grin on my face, like this is amazing. I love, I, I love those types of cleanup scenes. Oh, They're so nice, deep cleaning, and um, there's so much detail in it yeah. as well. In those, I don't know how long the whole kind of sequence lasts for. It's maybe only a minute and a half, two minutes, but there's a lot of detail within that. Yeah, there are people up ladders. There are yeah. people with saws, even. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. I saw a lot more in it than I'd noticed as a kid as well. I was yeah. like, oh god, there's an ice <laughs> sculpture. Yeah, someone's like, doing an ice sculpture. Someone's fucking doing an ice sculpture, and it's brilliant. Um, and it looks amazing they string these fairy lights everywhere and then they all come down and they're all in like these fancy clothes she's got her siblings being waiters they've like Kenny's made like, canapes he's Kenny's got fucking canapes. good at he's cooking. had a haircut yeah he's like scrubbed himself up yeah scrubbed um, up nice it's brilliant and just before this has happened I forgot my favourite scene it's wonderful um, she comes home and she's like right we've got a get on it it's it's tomorrow and we've got to get on it and Kenny turns around and he's like why didn't you tell me you were going to be late home I've been slaving all day over this meatloaf it's now ruined like why didn't you just you I'm sorry I had a meeting I had to stay behind and work on the account oh but you you couldn't take five minutes to just ring home it's ruined now I spent all day working on this and you haven't even mentioned how nice the house looks I've been getting money to put food on this table. Yeah, food that I've... Like, the classic yeah. husband-wife thing. Dynamic. But it's with the, this 15 and this 17-year-old, uh, like, brother and sister, and also just the gender subversion, where it's the woman that's been working yeah, Working, day, and in the, the traffic, and going, do yeah. you think I want to be at the office all day <laughs> for eight hours, sitting behind a desk, I'm in traffic every... I'm getting up at 5.30, and he's like, sorry. It's... <laughs> so good I was like this is adorable yeah like this is so much fun and then they like reconcile then they reconcile and they're so supportive to each other oh god it's so lovely it's such a good payoff from all the anxiety that Mm -hmm. this movie caused me throughout then the way the family comes together and how clean the house looks and like he's he's found a love of cooking and he wants to be a chef yeah he wants to actually do something that isn't listening to Iron Maiden and like (laughs) having bombs every day literally and like and he mentions it to one of his friends he's like I'm thinking about maybe like going to more classes this year and maybe going to chef school afterwards and his friend is like cool that sounds great and you're like yay he had the friends are supportive yeah they're going "Mm, industry might be a good idea it's so lovely it's so wholesome so it all leads up to this big talent show this big catwalk sorry where sue ellen is like showing off her designs to the account holders to see if they want to buy these new outfits for as we've said 
waiters and chefs and yeah. school uniforms and like referees. But because it's 1991, they're like garish pink with like harlequin designs and big chunky Lots trainers. Of and, and everything that came out not only looked impractical for the job that they were about to be doing, but I was suddenly like, not to be an adult about this, but I see why uniforms are the way they are and not <laughs> like this. Not like because that. Because these are awful. And yet all of these account holders, these obviously this panel of white old men are like, mm, yeah, <laughs> taking notes. And you're like, these are very cutting edge from coaching the millennium. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? I mean, like, this is horrific. They look like girls from like a Madonna video yeah. or something like that. It's they all look oh. like Cindy Lauper. That literally, Cindy Lauper gone wrong. And they're all like, doing that oh. kind of eighties dancing as well, <laughs> yeah. like down the catwalk. <laughs> so, but then the shit hits the fan. Oh yeah! Not only does Brian turn up in his like lame mobile, like and he's like interrupting. Through a tannoy Can you not see that there's like, like something... There's, there's fucking parking. You've had to walk... You've had to drive through a bunch of cars. Can you not see that they've got not only company... Yeah. But what's clearly like a gala event happening. It is like and he's just 500 like, people I'm really there. sorry about the thing that I did. And it's like, not now, dude. That's the only like boombox outside the window moment that yeah. I'm like... Oh, yeah, um, I'm in a 90s movie. I forgot. Because I am literally like, Brian, read the room! Yeah, like... (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up, Brian. You're fucking up their shit. (laughs) Literally. And it's a shame for, like, her friends because she's having to go, like... Yeah. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. Like, get get off the the fucking set. Get off the catwalk. I mean, she's so, like... She's stressing out. Yeah. It's really sad. Um... And there had been there'd been a couple of moments before where Brian nearly found out that this woman who his sister like hates at work is actually Sue Ellen. There's yeah, a lot of close calls, but they hadn't been talking for a while because they'd had a bit. Well, of what's weird is at one point they're in the office and the receptionist says something to Sue Ellen yeah, and just, says Can her I help name. You, Sue Ellen? Yeah, and she quickly disappears, and Brian turns around and like she's disappeared already. But surely he'd go. Oh, that's weird, because that's quite an uncommon name. Yeah. And, like, that's my I didn't girlfriend. think that. I thought that was going to be the moment that there was a reveal, but then I was like, I kind of let it slide, because I was like, you're not going to assume that it's your Sue Ellen. There's no way in hell that you yeah. assume your 17-year-old girlfriend was the receptionist. That's true. That this woman yeah, was talking about. That's like, true. you just wouldn't assume it. Um, so they'd had a bit of an argument about that, so they hadn't been speaking in a while. So I get that he wants to reconcile... But shouting down a tannoy during her important gala event is not the way to go about that, Brian. Not the way to go no. about that. So that's happening. And then all of a sudden, Kenny runs up and he's like, Swallow, Swallow, Mom's home. And I got like chills. It's I was so like, good. No. Mom, she's been so good. Like, please don't yell at her. Yeah, no, please don't get mad. And the mother is in like, an Australian sort of outfit <laughs> yeah. just to just to remind you yeah. she's been like to caught hat. She's like, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. No, she looks like Steve Irwin, yeah. but like a woman. That's how she's dressed. <laughs> so it's like just reminding the audience she's been, <laughs> she's been in Australia. <laughs> and like Rose is there, and Swellen's like, oh god, everyone, I'm really sorry. I lied to everyone. I'm 17, and like, because even the receptionist found her ID. 
photocopied it and showed it to Rose. And Rose still was <laughs> like, I like, don't give a fuck. fuck You're you. pathetic, grassing piece of shit. I fuck off. I love it. I do love that, like, not once is it's... Rose ever against Suella because she really has no actual reason to be because she's very much being like, look, everything you've done for me has been exactly what I've asked. You've yeah. been a really good friend. You've been supportive, and we've had a really lovely time. I don't mm. care that you're 17. And then, of course, she comes up and she's like, I'm really sorry I lied to you. And she's like, honey, the account said that I was a genius for employing a 17-year-old to get market perspective. <laughs> so, like, she literally wins everything. Everything. But, like, she's still feeling a lot of remorse, and she's understanding yeah. the consequences of action. So even though everything's coming up roses, mm. she's not like, ha-ha, I got off scot-free. And then Rose is like... We'll meet for lunch on Monday. How about that? And she's like, yeah, okay. I know, that's nice, that bit where it's like they're going to... Yeah, because she says, why don't you just come and be my PA? That's fine. She says, no, I think I need to go to college. And then Rose is like, "Mm, I can pull some strings at Vassar. So it's like nice. She's going to go to a very nice... Yeah, very nice university. So she's got that sorted. But then it's like, oh my God, she's going to have to face the music with her mother yeah how is she even going to explain this and she goes into the house and obviously meanwhile the mum's been looking around and realised that there's been a paint job and we've got a new home entertainment system and it's really clean it's really 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 clean and, and there are cafes everywhere and Kenny's like do you want a cup of tea and then it's beautiful so Ellen comes in and she's like mum you're stressed you've had a long flight why don't you go upstairs have a nap I'll tidy up down here. Kenny's like, oh, I'll go do this. And the kids are like, we've sorted this out. We're going to go up to bed now. Okay, honey, night-night, sleep well. And the mum's just like so bewildered. Bye, mum. I mean, Sue And the mother's like, what the hell's going on? Because, of course, the mum could never get them to do anything she wanted. Sue Ellen's literally just been like, sweetie, can you go up to bed now? Okay, bye. Like, it's, it's like magic. And like... And Sue Ellen's suddenly become the mum to her own mother. Yeah. Like, you go upstairs and have a rest. We'll talk about this in the morning, okay? And the mum's like, oh, okay. And just goes upstairs. And yeah, like, she just has to be exactly, yeah. Um, and then Brian's there and they reconcile and it's fine and it's really lovely. Their romantic relationship is really genuine. And it's quite really nice. sweet. Like, I, it didn't feel forced. They genuinely had a lot of chemistry. Like, yeah. It was really, really lovely. I was really on board with both of them. And, like, I wasn't ever... Other than the tannoy, I wasn't angry at anything that they did. Because you think he's going to go, and then he turns around with the rose, and he's like, what are you doing New Year's Eve? And you're like, wee! You're like, oh, they're going to see each other again. It's sweet. And then, of course, the mum comes down and is just like, oh, this by the way... This is final line, so good. So, Ellen, yeah, mum, where's the babysitter? <laughs> Bang! Credits. And, and like, it's so fucking good. Oh yeah! Because you've forgotten as well you've by that point. Forgotten that the and you're like, Fuck yeah! I literally said it out loud. I was like, oh shit! And then what's wonderful is just after the, the credits play for a little yeah. bit, and then we cut back to those two coroners that brought her in from the trunk with the great laying some flowers on the grave, and they're like. Bye, sweet old lady. You didn't even know her. Yeah, but she gave us a lot of money because she had all the money money from the mum on it the whole time. And it's just a brilliant little bookend. Yeah, where you go, oh, yeah. really funny. And it brings it all back to the babysitter by the end. And brings her presence (laughs) back into it. It's 
so good. It was so uplifting and fun and inspiring. I was like, fuck me, if a 17-year-old can get a fucking can blag her way into a job as a PA to a massive fashion designer and like feed her five siblings and clean the like mansion that they live in. Yeah. I can fucking go to work for four hours and not cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like honestly, I was like, Sue Ellen's got this. So like, I'm going to try and be a bit more like Sue Ellen. Sue Ellen, <laughs> Sue Ellen didn't have so many emails to deal with. That's very true. So maybe she would be crying if she did. <laughs> but, and, and also that Kenny, he turns things around yeah. so much. He goes from being very like slack, as th- but he's still always nice. Yeah, those were always the bits when I was a kid and I was re-watching it I was like yeah this is one of the things that really hooked me into this movie was Kenny and all mm-hmm. his kind of scenes because for me his sort of slacker stone alive just looked amazing as a kid I was like you know I just want to ha- like that looks really I don't I, have, I haven't had that drug but it just looks fun yeah. what he's doing <laughs> yeah. there's a bit where she's told him as well Oh, you better do the dishes today. And then you see him, and he's just standing like on the roof with his friends, and they're clay pigeon shooting all the plates. And it's like, that looks really messy, but like really fun. I knew it. I knew there was an element of me that was like, I bet Carla was like a Kenny fan. Yeah. yeah. Also, the other thing is that that what I loved about Kenny is he's got a tattoo that's the Rolling Stones tongue and lips. And I was such a huge Stones fan. So I was like, Kenny's into the stones, so yeah, he's all right by me. I think definitely as a kid, Sue Ellen would have been my like, my like hero. Yeah, she was. Yeah, and I think she Kenny just, was my hero because yeah. it was all of that kind of rock and roll, yeah, kind of stuff. And, like, and even though, like in theory, I shouldn't have done. Like Sue Ellen was completely against everything that I took as a role model as a child. I wanted, I always wanted the like bookish one, the one that yeah. was bullied. The one that was like a bit weird, a bit not normal, like the the pretty ugly girl. Whereas Sue Ellen is like cheerleader material. Almost. Yeah, she's cheerleader material. Um, she's extremely mainstream. Yeah, she, she cares about things like. I think it's it's smart what they've done with it because they've managed to make her not vapid despite yeah, all of those things. Very sympathetic for a character um, that, in theory, especially in that era was made out to be but then a few of them did that like bring it on although bring it on was about 10 years later which focused on the cheerleaders and yeah. showed them to be like human beings yeah um but usually they sue ellen would be the villain in any other movie she'd be the villain and she'd be oh my god and like so yeah. they do show an element of her being stuck up they do show a kind of stuck upness so i like that as well they don't sanitize yeah. it too much there are parts where you're like Sue Ellen, you're being like a bitch. Yeah. But she never goes too far. She she's still evil. stays. She's never evil. And that's why she's it's never that, too um, stuck up. She stays likable. Yeah. And she discovers the she discovers that she's actually able to sort of manage in this yeah. adult world somehow. Which is amazing to learn that and at she's seventeen. And you can see that she's not just she's like so a wunderkind. Brave as yeah, well. But she's both. Because she just fucking goes with it whereas I would literally on day one be like I mean I wouldn't even have the balls to like lie on my to do that let alone everything else that follows one of the things I really like that I just thought was a little smart thing that I noticed in that is you see her have scenes in the workplace and then she'll be with Rose and Rose will say something to her 
uh, about some sort of advice about her job and then you'll see her talk to someone else at work in the same scene and she'll repeat what she's heard yeah so like rose will say don't get too overwhelmed yeah. and then you see yeah. her say that to Kathy yeah so you see her actually picking up oh I remember this like line and use it again and, and like it's really honestly like I know it sounds silly to say that it's inspiring but it genuinely was like she's an ex they all are excellent role models because they all grow and learn and if there hadn't been a babysitter and Sue Ellen had just had full reign of the car none of them would have learned any valuable lesson that summer that's um, true so like, she would have just gone to the beach yeah and hung out never and met Brian done. yeah thingy Kenny wouldn't have wanted to go to culinary school and they're all nice kids essentially they are they are and, and that's quite nice like, as, as I said they're all like fully rounded characters mm. which is nice they're not just stereotypes and they've managed to do that somehow with in you know it's not the film isn't too long and they have to kind of set up those definitions of the characters at the very beginning and they managed to do it very quickly yeah. so that you understand they're all different but without making it feel like they're too stereotyped. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think of its kind and genre and time, it's held up actually quite well. Honestly. I thought, God, this is quite good. I thought I'd watch it now and think, this is quite shit, and that, but I think it's quite yeah, good. Yeah, I honestly didn't know what to expect at all. Like, I, I avoided any sort of information about it mm. before I watched it, and I was really really pleasantly surprised you probably thought as well this is Carla's film yeah. Is, yeah I was like this is so like and not that you're not responsible or adult like of course you are but especially as a kid I've just got this image of you as like a little Mo- Mobley type like I don't know why just like causing like like a little pixie running around <laughs> leaving like whoopee cushions on people's chairs and stuff <laughs> So I thought your movie would be this sort of like anarchic sort of, and it is to an extent, but it within, but it's also like so my movie in that like everything gets tidied up and everyone learns valuable lessons and we all grow as people and like I I loved it. I genuinely did. Oh, I'm so glad you liked (laughs) it. I'm so excited to know what you thought. Yeah, if I caught it on TV, I would watch it again. Like I genuinely would. Yeah. I thoroughly recommend if people haven't watched it and you want to show something to your kids, maybe maybe start them off age ten with this, yeah. just because there's some like sexual references. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know what the rating was. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a PG, but then you know it does differ. There's no there's no bad language, um, from what I recall. Oh, it's a fifteen. Well, see, that I, makes so much more sense. It does sense. make sense, but I always thought it was a children's movie, like when I was a child. Yeah, because it's children are the main characters. Yeah, it seems like a children's and movie like, rather than a teenage movie. Maybe, maybe today it would be more like a 12 age. I think so. I think if you literally took out the bits about orgasm, the cucumber. Yeah. Really? I, I, but then the, the cucumber joke. That could go over it your could, head. It should go yeah, over your yeah. head. It went over mine. Um, so that's not that's not bad. It's the like yeah, overt sort of sexual references. Like 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 when he, much, it seems a lot, yeah. Because there's not what actually happens. There's no nudity. There's no nudity. There's no fighting. Dark. There's no, no blood. No. Um, it doesn't get like scary. 
Um, it's just more than anything Gus, really. Yeah. I think it's Gus's character that's pumped it up to a 15. Yeah. And, and if you just sort of um, censored him a little bit... Yeah, that could be a PG or a 12. Easily, easily. a PG. Or a, yeah, I honestly thought it would be like a PG. Like, it's obviously not a U, but... You're right, it's really not... I'm, su- I'm really surprised yeah. it's 15. Yeah, I had always assumed it was... Maybe a PG and or maybe as well. that's why it's more like a sort of cult movie because kids can't watch it at fifteen. Mm. Adults wouldn't watch it at fifteen. Like a fifteen-year-old isn't going to watch "Don't Tell Mum the Babysitter's Dead," mm. really, are they? Because this is very much about. Well, it's about teenagers coming well, into their Well, yes, own. maybe they would. So maybe it is aimed, but mm. films aren't really aimed at fifteen-year-olds, even though there's a fifteen yeah. rating. Movies are either aimed at adults or children. You very rarely... Teen movies tend to be paranormal romances. What, like Twilight yeah. and things? Yeah. Where everything's a bit safe. You don't really get coming-of-age stories for teenagers. I don't know, maybe Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is that a kind of well, one again, that's Well, again, and that's teenagers. like sort of 80s, that Breakfast Club vibe, that yeah. Pretty in Pink vibe. So, yeah, I mm. think it's just nowadays... I can't yeah, think... That d- they aren't marketed in that way. Nothing's no. marketed to like teenagers in the same way, other than like Divergent and like mm. the Hunger Games. Yeah. But like, you don't really get a coming of age tale so much anymore. No. Maybe I'm wrong. If you can think of anything recently, email in. But yeah. But yeah, I think this is a nice. It's a nice, solid, comforting film that mm. still has a kind of punk undertone. Yeah. You know, so it's not too tame, uh, just with some really funny, like, random bits as well. Yeah, it's genuinely funny. The relationships are sweet. Christina Applegate fucking kills it. Yeah. This was written for Winona Ryder. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I, I think... It, yeah, it would, would have been, been a very completely different. completely different movie. Don't get me wrong, I fucking love Winona Ryder, and she was my people. She was the weirdo. She was the... Yeah. The outsider, like with the Heathers and the Edward Scissorhands and then even Dracula, like she was my woman. Mm. But um it really works with Christina. Yeah, I think this needs someone that isn't perhaps as dark in some ways and as eccentric. Yeah, yeah, I think. Winona Ryder is more the Kenny role. Yes, exactly. Whereas you for this to work and for it to be as good as it is, you do need like and Maybe every man. Like a Kirsten Dunst yeah. person. But but Christina Applegate is a fabulous actress. Like I, mm. I think she was like nineteen when she was filming this. So like and she was well done. huge at this time. Yeah. She was like the big thing, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean this was her first feature, but then she went like she went. She was on. in a TV series or something, wasn't oh, she? Was she married with children or something, so oh, she was quite cool. famous. So I think she's got this from that. Right, 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 right. And she was the kind of girl pin-up, I think, at the yeah, time. Yeah, it makes sense. She's mentioned in Donnie Darko. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he's he's been hypnotised by the therapist and uh, he doesn't realise he's starting to basically... Oh, of course. Yeah, and yeah. he mentions her like, oh, I fantasise about her in class oh and things. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Well, thank you for watching. Oh, my God. This and inviting me on. I've had so much fun. I honestly love it when people bring movies that I've never seen before because it... I've now seen this movie and yeah. I can tell people to watch this movie and it's great and like my little movie knowledge has expanded that little bit more something I never ever would have watched mm. ever
never would have watched. Like, didn't even know to watch it. Um, and it's made me really interested now in this sort of, like, teenage coming-of-age yeah. genre. I'm going to, like, be Googling a lot about that. Um, so thank you so much for coming no, on to the podcast. thank you. I hope you've had fun. Yeah, I've had so much fun. Yay. Um, do you have anything to plug? Where can we find you on social media? <laughs> I know we've been very anti-social media, this podcast. Uh, but. Well, you can find me on Facebook, Carla Kayani Lawman, And, I, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. And... Uh, no, have nothing to plug. Hire me for acting job. <laughs> Hire me for voiceover. I've got yes. a nice voice. Yes, she does. You've, you've heard it for about an hour and a half. <laughs> yes, this is a perfect um, advert for people's voices. Um, I've been Emily Slade. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Slade One. You can find me on Instagram at Emily Slade One. Why this film is on Instagram at Why this film. We're on Twitter at Why this film. We're on Facebook at Why this film podcast. And you can email into us at Why this film podcast at Gmail com we will see you next time thank you for joining in don't forget to rate and subscribe and like and share and comment and just talk about us all the time to anyone that you've ever met all three of you that's listening right now (laughs) (laughs) um we'll see you next time on why this film bye bye we watched the film and we talked about it but now it's time to say goodbye we'll be back again with another movie that makes you wanna ask why why as a small business owner you're always running running to a meeting running errands running out of time now one thing you don't have to worry about is running payroll Meet Roll by ADP, a first-of-its-kind chat-based payroll app that's powered by AI. Roll is the faster, easier, smarter payroll app. So don't overthink it and say hello to a whole new way to payroll. Download the Roll by ADP app today or go to getroll.com slash chat. That's G-E-T-R-O-L-L dot com slash C-H-A-T. Why This Film Podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select a tier. For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee. And probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles. But you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate. And thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long lost movies. And I hope you do too.